The theme for the evening talk is a matter of tension. <coughs> Sometimes we find ourselves quite naturally reflecting over past events and in the past certain experiences that have taken place can stand out quite uh, noticeably for us, both uh, pleasurable and painful ones. And that past may be recent past or childhood past or before. So the outcome when it is of uh, painful uh, circumstances it leaves various kinds of impressions upon us. Those impressions can come out as feelings and thoughts and memories and of course with strong impact and impressions that takes place also have their influence as well upon the the cellular life, upon the the body uh, itself. And there is a recognition uh, these days that when we speak about life and what we carry we're actually referring to the whole being, the whole uh, person. So that these negative painful uh, circumstances from recent or distant past make an impact, make an impression there and very easily of course then begin to uh, influence the present circumstances. So at times we can find ourselves in a a rather similar uh, situation with similar circumstances uh, taking place that is having its impact upon us but it also, and unfortunately as well, collides with the past memories, the past impressions and experiences and the collision of the two intensifies the the strength of the emotion, the feeling, the experience, the the thoughts and the concerns. So sometimes we're not only struggling with our present circumstances but uh, equally we're struggling with the past ones as well. And therefore from the standpoint of self-knowledge and self-understanding it does require from us uh, an awareness and an acknowledgement of areas in our life where we are susceptible where we are vulnerable to forms of reactivity. And it's a sure sign that whenever we know that we tend to overreact to a situation, we are not only dealing with the present, but we're also facing and experiencing the past. So self-knowledge and giving the attention to ourselves is recognizing in ourselves what kind of situations do I find myself in where I overreact to. When we find it difficult, there is a, a reaction, an overreaction to a situation. One of the features of that is that the present moment cannot accommodate what's going on. So therefore it will go from the present moment to a range of views and opinions both about the past 
and about the future. So there's a reaction to something that's going on in the present moment, the views and opinions, uh, this agitation is taking place, it can't be accommodated in the present moment, it is as if the present moment isn't big enough to accept it. So then we start forming very quickly generalizations about the past and all manner of projections with regard to the future. All clear signals to us that we are not handling what's happening here and now very easily. Of course, one would say, yes, I see this in myself, yes, I'm uh, uh, aware of it, yes, I know this is what goes on uh, in my life, but it doesn't seem to make a great deal of, uh, of difference. And we forget how important with these matters, in terms of our inner well-being, that everything has to fall into the area of practice. In, in, in other words, it is important to look, it is important to be uh, aware of, and it is important to really keep working at any level, to any degree, with reactivity, which is showing to us that we have tension. When we don't work with it, and we don't give it attention, what the mind does, of course, it keeps on justifying it. And it justifies itself in believing that the reasons for one's tension and the reasons for one's reaction uh, are justifiable. Anyone would feel the same way, that kind of one-line statement that we uh, like to use, which isn't true in fact. And the other way that we justify it is using the language, well, I'm always like this. This happens every time. So either we use the circumstance, the other person, the environment, the job, whatever it is, to justify the tension, or we justify it by returning the attention to the past and saying, well, I'm always like this. So the conclusion then is drawn, so one will be until one um, joined the nuns in the cemetery and buried. So either way, the justification that somehow or other, if we're going to bring awareness to changing the transformation of tension, one thing certainly has to stop, and that is justifying it. That isn't easy to do, because the mind races in with a whole range of good reasons to feel tense, to feel agitated. Obviously, circumstances, uh, and probably in its more mild form, of course, first day uh, of the retreat, and one comes in and despite a, a sunny day and the rare miracle of uh, that uh, and the environmental situation that I referred to uh, earlier on uh, here how easily <coughs> when there is tension, the tension begins to come out and it forms 
the various impressions that we have and our impressions easily become our reality so if we're stopping to take a look at ourselves and to really be in tune with the movement of the mind and the way that it manifests itself are we bold enough, are we interested enough to see whatever it might be an impression as an impression and sometimes in our language when we're speaking with others in our thoughts when we're as it were communicating with our with ourselves it's a sign of health emotional health to be able to respond in such a way inwardly and say oh this is an impression which I have it gives the sense in a communication inwardly to oneself or with others it gives the sense that there is some space around it when we're very absolute in pointing things out when we have a, a place of tension there doesn't seem to be any other way of looking at it that the tension that we experience as it arises and when it's strong and fixed it actually seems to force us to communicate either inwardly or outwardly in such a way that this is absolutely how it is and we're totally convinced through the strength of the feeling the the strength of the conviction the strength of the thought and we can't allow can't permit any other way of looking at a situation and we're ruled and controlled by the tension Dharma teachings is to break this tension dissolve this tension when there is past the present we've had a situation in our life in whatever it might be if it has been a difficult situation we are relieved we are glad that it's uh, over with we feel we've uh, worked through something we've uh, 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 moved on in our life whatever it might be that we're Uh, experiencing and sometimes it's quite important in in that respect as I said to remember that the body itself can carry so even though the thoughts about that situation have gone the feelings about that situation have, have gone nevertheless there may still be some residue taking place in the body and as we will see here over the days some features of uh, Vipassana meditation directly include working with the bodily life looking in, putting the attention into the body feeling the body through opening up the cellular life as a contribution to dissolving some of that tension and pressure that we can be carrying in the body all of that helping to open up our inner life to be more clear, more comfortable with what today brings and less in the shadow of yesterday 
even so one may do one's practice of mindfulness of breathing to relax the body one may, uh, as we would do, explore the body through, expand the pain horizons, dissolve some of the tension, uh, etc. Take out some of those influences, old karma, as the Buddhist tradition would describe it, uh, out. Nevertheless, even if one does everything well, everything clearly in, as it were, clearing out uh, the path, still, I'd say, that for some people, there is still a vulnerability to the impression from the past. And therefore, once again, the importance of self-knowledge, of knowing oneself, so that in some areas, for some areas, it could be relationship with parents, other areas, it, it could be children, it could be money, it could be getting older, it could be um, uh, childhood memories and experiences or whatever it could be a hundred and one thousand and one different things it is important no matter how much we work on ourselves and how clear we wish to be to know ourselves well enough to know where the vulnerabilities of the inner life are and what kind of situation is it that we can get fearful anxious, afraid, uh, agitated, uh, with rage, uh, aggressive, or whatever it might be. So, attending to the inner life and knowing the movement of it is being fairly specific so that we keep to the particulars, we try to keep to the specific situations and then where we know there are situations in our life which do produce tension. It's not enough, as people, I think most of us agree, would agree, it's not enough just to say, well, this really makes me tense. This really gets me upset. This really makes me mad. This really makes me agitated, etc. What is equally important is, is the knowing of it and to really ask oneself, what am I going to do to make changes? So awareness, genuine awareness, is not just in fact thinking about issues and problems that make one's life difficult, but a very genuine awareness will carry with it, as a flow-on from that awareness, what actual practical steps am I going to make? What am I going to do about my anger? What am I going to do about my fears? What will help me to transform the uh, anger to understanding, the anger to friendship or to love or to acceptance or to recognition or whatever it might be? What will help me to uh, move on from the past so that I'm not clinging to it. What will help me to recognize that when some doors are, have closed to the past that's finished with, that's history, will enable me to move on and to recognize that new doors are opening up? What will contribute to make and bringing in trust into life uh, and in the moment and taking one day at a time 
rather than living in fear of tomorrow or next week or next month or whatever it might be. So we, we bring awareness to a situation. We try to see as well and clearly as we can where the difficulties are. We're not afraid to name them and be specific about them. And we're also following uh, that up with a commitment to explore and take an interest in alternative ways. And directly and indirectly, in our very day here, on our first day, whether we realize it or not, that's what we've been doing. We're saying the here and now matters, so we're practicing to get grounded in it, so that we're not clinging to what was, no matter how painful the memory may be, we're not giving any support to anybody to uh, indulge in the future because that easily becomes the road for fear or uh, selfishness or gross ambition or whatever it might be. Also using the practices of seeing things come and go and therefore a non-clinging relationship to events encouraging people with the motivations and intentions to stay steady all of that development and cultivation uh, in the heart and in the mind acts as a real resource for dealing with issues which are a pain in the neck, which are a real trouble in one's life. So the cultivation that takes place is towards helping deal with things which are difficult and which arise and sometimes keep arising and if one, in one's experience, is saying to oneself, this particular issue or issues keep on arising in my life, it's a sure sign one hasn't given it real awareness. One's just had some thoughts about it. One may have had the same old thoughts about the same old things for years. And one is bold enough, and daft enough, to say, oh, I'm really aware of it. No, 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 no. One's not really aware of it. One is just thinking about being aware of it. One has got some ideas about it. But unfortunately, as we know only too well, all the thoughts about tension don't make any difference. Thoughts just don't seem to have the power to transform the inner life. They seem too ineffective to really make change. That has to come from something else uh, inside of us. <coughs> Sometimes we look and this happens to the uh, uh, whole range of, uh, of people. And I think one of the characteristics of this strange world that we uh, live in, that inwardly uh, even the good seem to have just as hard a time with life as the not so good or the useless, <laughs> if I dare say. So that in other words, where uh, there's difficulty in life, one may be doing extremely good things good things for other people, good things for oneself, good things with, uh, with life, uh, etc. 
and lots of good initiatives taking place and a lot of conviction and heartfulness with regard to what one does and certainly in this kind of role of Dharma teacher having the chance and the opportunity to meet with lots and lots of people uh, through, through the year but from my observation people doing good and doing very good things doesn't seem to do them any good <laughs> strange thing people really put out a lot of love and care and, uh, and uh, attention and unless there is understanding unless there is wisdom those people who are doing good can have just as miserable an existence as those who are useless and don't seem to be making any contribution to humanity and only think in terms of I, me, myself, self, self, self so sometimes we look at the past and the recent past and we say in our attention um, to, to, to that I did this, it was good, and this was good, and this was good, and this was good, etc, etc but the effect of which seems to left me very tense, very stressed, very exhausted losing enthusiasm and appetite and not sure what to do with my life or where to go next with it and so one has what therapists these days call the burnt out, burnout or burnt out uh, syndrome or whatever it is what was it that was carrying along what was, what was the thread what was the line that was going on which wasn't noticed what were we overlooking what were we what was missing one's been in a, in a relationship and again I've noticed that with relationships whether it, the relationship six weeks old six months old six years old sixteen years old sixty, not many of them, sixty but there are a few uh, years, uh, years old sometimes the amount of time of the actual relationship and one would have thought there might be some relationship between the amount of time and the amount of suffering at the end of it when it's over, no one doesn't have any relationship at all and people who haven't slept for nights we had to send the pillows to the laundry to dry them out there were so many tears on the pillow that sometimes this period of time of just a relationship just a few weeks or a few months can cause an immense amount of distress and pain when something goes wrong and it finishes let alone ones which have been 5, 10, 15 or 20 years old what was it that wasn't seen? what was it that was taking place that one was resisting or neglecting or not acknowledging or not being clear, clearer, clear about sometimes there are situations in life where something happens and we can't see why did it finish up like that why was the result uh, like that of course some things happen totally out of the blue but sometimes we just stop for a little while we look back we reflect over the, over the past 
and then we can see things which we were neglecting ah, that neglect has this as a consequence one of the things, and this is very important uh, 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 this, to the, in the tradition, the, the Buddhist tradition the Buddha hasn't used too much the language though lots of Buddhists seem to think he has, but he hasn't too much the language of cause and effect he's used a different kind of terminology and the terminology takes a little while to get used to it, usually a few lifetimes it's called dependent arising most people, the first time you hear dependent what? dependent arising what that means is ordinary mind will say I am like this and this is the cause and then the mind will pick out something out of the past and say that's the cause and now I'm experiencing the uh, effect out of that view cause and effect it can, instead of helping to understand something intensify the tension think about it think about any perhaps you know, nobody has any tension this is a totally tension free retreat uh, here but if you had even a little from time to time and then you said to yourself why am I feeling like this? Why am I thinking like this? And then you look back over events and then the mind in its looking back, which is appropriate suddenly picks out one reason as being the cause and the mind fastens onto that as the cause for why I am feeling like this She left me I'm over, overworked uh, I've got a mortgage to find the kids are driving me up the wall whatever, whatever the one-liner is you know, etc and with that easily the level of tension can then increase and then one thinks in terms of I need to get maybe I need to have or I need to get rid of there's tension about someone leaving you I need to have back, I want back that generates more tension or I need to get rid of, I need to get rid of this debt I need to get rid of this mortgage, I need to shoot the kids or something or other that goes on the ten- there's cause, effect and tension arising so sometimes in the looking back on the past to the present is it, are we looking back for insight or are we looking back to increase the level of tension the relationship to what happens when you look back matters as much as what you look back to if we can't look back from a clear place here and now don't look back not worth it it will just fuel the tension
and therefore we're putting obviously a lot of concern and a lot of encouragement to be present to look look back look back not just see it this is the cause and this is the effect which is oversimplified but to recognize and acknowledge what is called dependent arising meaning different factors contribute when we just look at cause and effect we actually then repeat history we say okay I want a new cause to have a new effect and then when, some, when two or three suggestions are made from within ourselves or from teachers or from a book or whatever we don't want to work with them we want a quick solution we want a sudden answer we want a cause to make an effect one gets angry let's, let's, let's take something fairly common and the anger is a, a, a statement of uh, lack of understanding that's almost a typical British understatement and when the anger arises one of its more useless activities, aspects of anger especially when it goes towards other people is it's the, one of the hardest things to listen to in this world is somebody who is angry it's extremely hard to listen to them if the person is angry with oneself it's even harder to listen the content may be completely right they may have analysed one completely accurately and all the reasons that they give may be factual but they're mad they're angry they're upset they're intolerant they're uh, agitated uh, persons demanding or whatever and it's extraordinarily hard if a person is angry for the person or persons who is listening to, able, to be able to accept, accommodate, absorb or whatever and the person who is on the receiving end of the anger isn't going to say oh you're so clear <laughs> so wise, so insightful I just I bow down to your wisdom no 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 the anger yet the intention is when one is angry or the intention is in the communication that hopefully the other person is listening people don't listen very well they may agree to shut one up they may submit whatever but it, it never has the desired effect of very 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 rarely and so the person will then repeat history so then one gets angry and mad again one hasn't learned that the most useless form of communication in this world is one via anger as well as the fact one is also burning up inside as well so one feels very unpleasant and it's very uncomfortable and it's a 
pretty wretched, horrible feeling and one feels very tense over something. One is dumping this tension on somebody else. They don't want it, they don't like it, they don't uh, uh, need it. And one thinks, because one is angry with them, that they're going to just going to wake up and say, oh, fantastic, it's the best thing I heard all day. So neither does oneself any good, neither does it do any good. It creates a climate of tension. It's a horrible thing to be had to be exposed to. What is going to change it? What is going to really start making the difference? And sometimes in that, if a, uh, most of us are not very keen on censorship, but no, I'll just use the word. If we're going to have uh, censorship, we might start with the word but. This is, this is uh, so popular in communication. And I'm sure you've had the experience, as we probably all had the experience, you've been talking to, might be talking to someone about something which is one's interested in, which is matters to one. Maybe one minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, or whatever. And then the other person says, and then one very politely listens to the other person and they talk with a completely opposite view for the next one minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes and one thinks I wasn't listened to the other person didn't say anything but one wasn't heard not necessarily agreement but how easily the but means two ships passing in the night going backwards and forwards no actual place or point of meeting so it might be helpful in, our, in communication if we say I don't want to be I can't see any use for being anger about anything in this world I don't think it's a, a way to resolve human difficulties and problems therefore or there are various contributing factors which bring the tension would I dare practice a few small steps to come out of the tension involved around anger it could be that one of them is to really take an interest in the tone of voice that I use. Would I be willing to learn to see if I can communicate with a different tone? Could I learn to be really watchful and vigilant when I'm exaggerating, which is what goes on with anger, we, in, we exaggerate the issue, whether it's directed towards ourselves or to others. Could I learn to really be aware of what I appreciate so that the anger isn't a, cr a gross, crude generalization of a situation? <coughs> Could I learn to really practice letting go of a situation where, which normally would provoke 
a verbal reaction from me if I say yes, I say yes, I'm interested in practice if I say no or do nothing then one will just be aware of anger and it won't make a scrap of difference to the anger because one's got no practice one's just aware of being angry it's an ugly feeling inside and people who are consistently angry other people tend to keep more and more distance from so that person unfortunately and sadly gets more and more angry and others keep make the distance even further anger is the major deterrent for heart's communication it's easier to listen to people's fears than it is to deal with their anger when it's directed towards us so the inner life, working with the inner life, as I say, awareness is a factor can be a very significant one, sometimes out of the awareness there can be a sudden insight which really does quickly and immediately transform the whole way of relating to situations sometimes that immediacy uh, uh, isn't taking place therefore it has to be seen not so much in sudden realization that changes our life but to be seen as a process as a gradual one and therefore as I say it means practice can I really look at my tone when I communicate and change the tone? Can I really soften the language? Can I really look at ways and explore uh, uh, letting go? Can I give some reflection to what really in practical terms I need to change so that even in the goodness of heart it doesn't end up as stress, tension, pressure and a feeling of can't cope? so that we genuinely attend and in the days that we have here, time and space that we have here have a real opportunity to, to really do that and therefore come out into a much more uh, clear understanding sometimes people report and not unusual, hear it regularly enough oh, I, I came and had a retreat whatever, a guy house or whatever it might be uh, the uh, retreat went uh, along uh, well yes people do say that would you believe and after uh, finishing the uh, retreat I went back to wherever one was uh, previously and then the tension and the pressure began to come out then again the common sto uh, story and sometimes it is and rather regularly as well of course that though we, our culture has a, um, a mad infatuation with uh, choice actually things I said many times things of choice don't not too much choice about uh, I remember giving a talk, public talk in uh, one of our sister centres in uh, the, the uh, US in the, uh, in the city centre and while giving the talk 
one of the uh, people there, their mobile phone went off while uh, giving the talk. She was acutely embarrassed and she um, had this mad scramble in a handbag and a hold or looking for this mobile phone that was ringing. So um, my uh, comment was, no problem, we'll, we'll just sit silent and we won't listen to your conversation. <laughs> we'll, ju we'll just all meditate, <laughs> meditate uh, together. Uh, because we're all into choice and we'll, we'll choose not to listen. <laughs> In other words, the idea of choice, we all, we all have a choice, we all have a choice. Many, many things in life, not too much uh, choice about. One area of not too much choice about is Buddhist language for a moment, called fruits of karma. Meaning the unsatisfactory, painful influences of the past upon the present. The smoker can smoke for 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years, 3 or 4 decades, whatever, not experience the fruits of those daily intentions, seemingly to get away with it, so to, so to speak. And so there is a period of, uh, of uh, time of freedom from the effects. And then the effects start to come in and start coming in uh, very, very severely. And all the consequences of the tension, the suffering and the anguish, not only for the individual concerned, but for all the loved ones uh, uh, as, 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 as well. And how sometimes how harsh this world can be as a friend of mine was uh, telling me in terms of consequences and fruits of things that his father died at the age of uh, 63 uh, uh, smoking uh, related uh, death and his father had had in his late 50s again not un unusual a serious uh, heart attack and heart problems and as a result of that had one of these um, uh, what they call pace setters, uh, pacemaker for for the heart, and he said that what was so distressing about it was that it was quite clear that his father would have died much earlier and much more quickly. But having this uh, pacemaker uh, in the heart kept the heart pumping all the time, so it's father's death was very, very long, very, very slow, very, 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 very painful. And so the good intention in terms of the pacemaker having a, another kind of effect and his father bitterly regretting, his father just wanted to die, bitterly regretting uh, have, having it. So sometimes in, in this world that we live in, there's the events of things which takes place, there's the effects and the results of, of things uh, uh, at a, at a late, later time. As I say, sometimes in the fruits of the old, we don't know the day, we don't know the time, we, we don't know the, 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 the manner, and therefore not much choice about it, about things which really matter. But 
if we work with the issues of life, if we really take exploration uh, seriously, really investigate what living is all about and bring awareness and insight into as many areas as possible, then from the inner life can come a clarity and an understanding and most importantly a confidence in life to deal with the unexpected. To deal with the unexpected. To understand what that means because we can't organize fruits of events. In person comes on retreat and spends some days uh, here or, el- el- or elsewhere and so one says, oh from my experience I when I went away, someone say, as one person said to me today, oh, uh, there were several uh, weeks afterwards and things went very well and very, very uh, clear, and that's important as well. And yet still making allowances for changes that take place, as well as another person saying, when I went away and did the retreat last one or the, and the one before, it was very difficult immediately afterwards. So there's already signals there that's for awareness and, and vigilance. Therefore, in making steps from being in one place to uh, another, what way, what do I need to bear in mind? What do I need to be very clear about in making transitions? And if we really attend to ourselves, we really listen to uh, each other, the awareness will contribute to a real interest in learning to handle transitions well. Every moment is a moment of transition. Every one of us will be put through transitions because life is that as a characteristic of it. And therefore our metal is tested in our capacity to deal with transitions and for human life transitions are guaranteed because life is in that process keep reminding ourselves of these important things, we keep adjusting to these important things, that can run deep with us and the depth of that will bring the wisdom to deal with transition. May all beings live with awareness. May all beings be in touch with themselves. May all beings live wisely in the face of things. So let's have a couple of quiet minutes together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.